your voices all over this house right now. Come on, set your hope on Him if you haven't done that already. In spite of what you've gone through, in spite of everything else, tonight, God, I'm setting my hope on You. I'm lifting my eyes to You, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Come on, come on, just entertain that for just a moment longer. God, we hope on you. God, when others trust in other things, some it's not just the players down there that get excited. And it's not just the one that made the winning shot who stands down there by himself and jumps and rejoices all alone at center court. But his team all runs out there together and takes him by the hand and they all start jumping together and the crowd will begin to pour out on the field and the crowd joins in and they start jumping and they start getting excited because victory has taken place. And it sounds a little something like this. come and somebody gets victory somebody does something awesome and they get healed or they get delivered or they get saved yay if that, if that was if that was perhaps too carnal here is NAYC that our young people went to 8 years ago in 2015 the same NAYC that they're about to journey to go to again, except this time we're in a bigger stadium. This time there's more young people. This time that there's more coming to, to let out a praise and a worship. But, but this happened in 2015 when Brother Stone King was watching. What is it about shouting that would cause such a tremendous manifestation of power? With a little study, I found out that there is something about the human voice that when it shouts, it shreds the air. The devil is the prince and power of the air. So I understand then that if the people of God
young people. They shouted like that. And they shouted like that. And they shouted like that. And the place was shaking and the Holy Ghost was falling. All from a shout. All from lifting up their voice. If they'll do it out there for a football. If they'll do it out there for a basketball game or a soccer ball. And they will lose their mind. Then how much more should the people of God lift their voice and say, I want victory. I'm thankful for a God who helps us to triumph in his name. In the Old Testament, people would shout at the command of God and walls would come down and battles would be won because somebody lifted up their voice. I don't know about you, but I don't just need a sound around here. I don't just need a point here and there. I need a win in my life. So my game plan today is victory. My game plan tomorrow is victory. When we come into this place on Wednesday night, my game plan is victory. When you say, Brother Long, that's foolish to think that you can just win every day. The devil's strong. The devil has all these tactics. I know, I know, but my game plan isn't changing. I still want to win. I still want to win. No matter the cost, no matter the price, I want victory in my life. Yeah, we like the sound of one being healed here and one getting touched over there. But then there is a sound when victory takes place. And I'm thankful that we have people baptized in Jesus' name. Here's something for you. Four straight weekends, we've had baptisms here at Greater Life Church. A total of nine souls. And I'm just ready to see who's getting baptized next Sunday. I don't care what the enemy has on the scoreboard. I'm walking away in victory. I'm walking away triumphant. I'm walking around knowing that I belong to the King of Kings who we sing about this morning that has never lost one battle. He stands undefeated. There's a sound. That sound that we've already heard a little bit tonight. That's a sound that's been missing. It's missing from my own life. And as I prayed over here last night, I felt that stirring in my spirit and I felt God asking that question, when was the last time you truly heard victory? Not when, when, when was the last time you had a goose bump or when you felt good or you clapped or you shouted and danced, but you heard a sound like that. That you heard the whole place just erupt and you heard everybody just begin to scream and shout. I'm not talking about a feel good. I'm talking about where collectively as the body, collectively as the church comes together and lifts up a shout of praise and a shout of victory the people that are next door in those apartments they need to hear a shout 
They need to hear victory come from this place. And I'm not talking about when the choir's up here and Brother Chad bumps up the the noise level and the decibels go up so that they hear that. I'm not talking about using equipment and technology to get the point across. I'm talking about using this soul right here and this mouth and these hands and these feet and these arms and we just say, I want victory. I'm going to shout with the voice of triumph. The other night, my wife and I were at a drive through where this man came through the parking lot and his car was bumping music so loud that as he drove by the cars in the parking lot, the alarms on the cars started going off. When was the last time that you made such a noise that things around you started changing and shifting, that things around you started going off and saying, what's that? My goodness, what was that I heard? If the enemy can make that kind of noise and stir something up, then the people of God better open up your mouth and you better shout for victory. You better let your voice be heard. You better declare this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Now hear me. I don't want to hear screaming just to make noise and see how loud we can get. I don't want hype. Mm. I don't want nonsense. I don't want distractions. I don't want foolishness. I want a heart of worship. I want somebody who says, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of seeing L's all up there where the records are being kept. I'm tired of seeing defeat after defeat. I'm not here wanting to just get a response to see if we can set off the Richter scale. I'm not here to see us holler for no reason. I don't just want to hear the sound of victory. I need to hear the sound of victory. While points have been scored and goals have been made, I feel like there have been a lot of L's going on around here lately. Battles that you're going through. Some of the people in our church family that can't get their head above water and they can't seem to even make it into the house of God. There's people whose names have been on that prayer list for months and months. Some of them over a year. Their names have been on that prayer list. And we come in here and we... We clap and, and we shout and we ought to. I'm not, I'm not degrading anything you've done, but I'm saying there ought to be something that stirs that says, God, I need victory. My church family, we need a W. We need to change the scoreboard to where we're on the winning side again. You have been good. You have done your part. 
You have not changed. You are always victorious. And if I'm losing, if there are L's that are coming up, then I need to look around at my life and I need to say, why am I losing? Why can we not seem to get over this? I know there's trials. I know the devil comes and I know life happens, but God does not intend for his people to be beaten and wounded and discouraged for year upon year upon year. I'm not talking about God. He does not lose. He takes the W even when he's dying. Even when he's on the cross, he's saying, it's finished. I'm already victorious. I'm already winning this fight. It's already done. There's nothing you're going to do about it. But I'm talking about in our situations, there have been some losses and it seems like each day it's more than points scored for the other team. But it's a defeat after a defeat after a defeat. And we have taken too many losses and beyond that we have taken too many forfeits. What's a forfeit? A forfeit means to lose or to lose the right to, especially by some error or offense. When you forfeit, you take the L. When the whole team doesn't show up, you take an L. When you didn't show up with the right stuff, you take an L. Or you showed up with everything you needed, but you didn't step into the ring ready to fight. And you said, I'm just going to stay right here. Then you forfeit. And you automatically get an L. Or maybe you tried to cheat your way through it. You forfeit. Because you hid some things in your tent aching and everybody seems to be losing. We forfeited because of you. Because somebody wasn't prepared. We can't afford to have unnecessary losses like that when there's already enough losses in life. On the account of just some minor error, minor setback, minor offense that we allowed to get in our spirit and so we just didn't show up. We just didn't participate. We just didn't want to get too involved. I'm not talking about life happening. I'm talking about spiritual warfare tonight. This fight that we are facing right now. I cannot afford to be nonchalant like it's no big deal. It's a very big deal. That beautiful lady right there depends on it. Those three boys of mine, they depend on me stepping up and saying, I'm not taking one more L. I'm not taking one more loss or defeat. I'm not going to let one small thing cause me to forfeit because my game plan is victory. My game plan for my wife is victory. My game plan for my children is victory. Our game plan for all of you is victory. I'm not here being ungrateful tonight. I'm definitely not saying the Lord hasn't been mighty good. Because if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? 
I would not have one W in my life if it was not for the Lord. Every good and perfect thing comes from Him. Everything in my life that is worthwhile is because He has been good and faithful. But I cannot use the battle belongs to the Lord thinking to be an excuse for me to do nothing. Oh, the battle belongs to the Lord, Brother Landon. I don't want to get too involved. Brother Landon, his word says, hold my peace. I need only be still. Victory belongs to Jesus. We sing it. We preach it. We declare it. That we just need to sit back. Let God do it. Let God handle it. You hear me? You were not given the whole armor of God to sit in your closet somewhere. To just sit there for you to look at and say, I'm so glad God gave me the helmet of salvation. It sure is pretty. I'm so glad He gave me the sword of the Spirit. I'm so glad He gave me shoes of peace. I'm so glad He gave me the breastplate of righteousness. Isn't it so nice? Come admire it with me. Come ooh and ah. And we treat the armor of God like it's show and tell. Or we're sending people out like it's a fashion show to show them how dressed up we are and how good we've got it and how good God has been. No, sir. He said, I have given you this so that you may be able to withstand every attack from the enemy. If you have it and you're not using it, then you better put it to use because the armor of God isn't doing your family any favor sitting in the closet it somewhere. The helmet of salvation being in your nightstand drawer doesn't do you any good. The Bible being in your nightstand or up on a bookshelf doesn't do you any favors. You better get it out. You better open it up. You better get your nose in it again and start reading it and saying I am in a battle. I am in a war. It is raging around me and I've got to get back to business oh we teach cute lessons about the armor of God and we know what it is but do we know how to use it come on come on do you know how to when was the last time that you realized what it is that you have that you have the power of His name, that you have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that you have the ability to tread upon serpents and drink something poisonous and it not harm you. That's not some cool trick that you can do. That's a God-given right and ability to them that follow Him. Or perhaps we know how and we just don't. Back in 2013, my brother-in-law Kyle let me borrow his ski clothes. Boy, he had it all. Brother Andrew, he's got a picture for you, for your entertainment tonight. And my brother-in-law let me borrow his ski gear. And I even had ski boots that clipped into the skis that I got at Goodwill right here in League City for $9 because nobody in League City skis. And I got there, I had the goggles, I had the hat, 
I had the gloves. I had the shirt and the jacket and the pants and the boots. I had it all. I had everything I needed to look like a skier. It all matched. I was cool. And we get to Colorado and I step out of the room. My brother-in-law on the other side, both my brother-in-law, Jonathan and Derek said, man, you are dressed like you know what you're doing. But when it came time to actually get out on the slopes, when it came time to put those boots in those skis and click them on and ride that thing all the way to the top of that mountain and those skis got placed in the snow, it didn't matter that I had all the right gear and I was decked out and ready to go and I looked like I knew what I was doing. I stumbled I slipped and I fell all of the way down that mountain. And I'm afraid that we are sending our people and our young people and our children out into the world with something borrowed that doesn't belong to them. They don't really know how to use it. They don't know what it's for. They don't know, oh, I look like it. I'm dressed apart. I, I, I dress just like they dress. But do you have it? Is it there? Is it in you? To where when you get there with everything you've got, you know what to do with it. I'm so thankful that we look the part. I'm so thankful that when I look across this congregation, I see godly women. I see women of prayer and women of faith. I'm so thankful for men that are here that know how to not only dress like men, but act like men and talk like men and walk like men. I am godly proud of our people for taking a stand. And we are dressed the part well. We're armed. And we're carrying bows. We look like we know what we're doing and maybe we do. But I'm afraid we are guilty of stepping out onto the battlefield and we are ill prepared. This isn't some cute little game. This isn't this you only live your life once young people so enjoy it while it lasts. This is a fight. This is a battlefield. This is more than flesh and blood. This is more than what you see in this place. If you are able to see in the spirit realm tonight, the war that is raging over your soul, over your family, over your children, the demonic powers and the angelic host that are at war for you. It doesn't matter that you're an elder. It doesn't matter that you live for God for 50 years. There are things that are still after your soul and we come in and we clap and we lift our hands and we sing. But is there a shout of victory? Is there a shout that lets the enemy know that we're still on the winning side? Is there a people that have gotten everything that they need? They've got the bow. They've got the arrow. They're armed and they're ready to go and they're stepping out onto the battlefield and they're ready to war. Maybe we're not equipped or maybe we're well equipped. 
didn't know what to do with what we had or maybe fear snuck in and maybe complacency kicks in. Maybe we just want to keep living by the mindset that God is going to do all of it for us. Second Samuel tells us that the Lord wrought a great victory. The Lord wrought a great victory. Well, see, I told you it was God that fought our battles for us. I told you it was Him that caused us to be victorious and we only needed to be still. But that's not what it said. It said, Eleazar arose and he smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. Oh, then there's Shama. Oh, there's Shama who stood and he defended his lentil field and slew them. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Oh, God does fight on your behalf. God does give you supernatural strength. God does go before you in the battle. God does give you the strength to get the job done. But Shama, you're going to have to be the one that stands your ground and says, I am not budging. I am fighting. I'm going to get involved in this thing. I'm not turning back. Even though I may be outnumbered, I'm not giving in. I'm not going to let go of the sword. I'm not going to quit fighting and quit swinging. I'm going to fight every demonic power. I'm going to fight everything that comes against my family. I'm going to come against every spirit that would come against my church. Every bit of depression. Every sick and vile spirit. Everything that's attacking them physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Whatever it is. Tonight, we do not turn back in the day of battle because our game plan is victory and God it's going to have to be by you it's going to have to be by you we can't do it on our own it doesn't matter how equipped I am it doesn't matter what I've got in my possession if you're not in it I will fail if you're not in it I will lose but God with you I'm victorious David shows us what happens when you're the only one willing to fight the giant. When you show up and everybody's got the armor. They've all got weapons. They've got shields. They've got everything they need. But when it's time to actually step up and do something. Oh, no, no, no. What are you doing? You have weapons. You serve the same God I serve. You're living the same truth I'm living. You go to the same church that I go to. Get out from hiding. Step out on that battlefield. And don't turn back in the day of battle. Don't be discouraged. Lift your head. But David also shows us what happens when you avoid the fight. When you stay home and get into trouble, because when you're supposed to be warring, you're at home, not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Psalm said in Psalms 47 and 5, God is gone up 
with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. I love that. But watch this. In God's triumphant return, He's not coming back for His church saying, Hey, trouble anybody don't cause a ruckus I don't want anybody hearing what's going on no the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 16 for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout God himself is coming with a shout with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And when he makes that shout, the dead in Christ, they're going to rise again. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. That glorious day, God isn't coming back tiptoeing. He's not coming back quiet and timid. He's coming back with a shout. Proverbs 11.10 says, When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. I love rejoicing when I'm winning. But I love shouting when the enemy's losing. When I see the adversary lose another soul that he had his grip on. When hell had its grips on one and we snatched them from the fire and picked them up and brought them into the house of God and baptized them in Jesus' name. Three three people were baptized here yesterday. Our youth group, our youth group showed up yesterday. They didn't have an event planned. But there was a young person being baptized yesterday with her family. And our youth group showed up. And our youth group was here. And our youth group was watching as Ariel went down in the precious name of Jesus. Oh, I love rejoicing when we win. But I love shouting when the enemy loses. I love getting excited that we took another one. I get excited when I think about all that God has done. And our young people are getting a hold of something right now. That when one rejoices, you rejoice with them that when one wins we all win 1 Samuel 4 verse 5 when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang again how long has it been since the ground beneath your feet was ringing aloud Oh, we clap and we have a move of God and we have good church. But when was the last time that the earth rang out because of a shout that came out of your mouth? Because of a praise that came out of your mouth? The ground said, whoa, what is that? Whoa, who is that shouting? Who is that lifting their voice? The next verse. And the Philistines... They heard the noise of the shout. And they said, what meaneth the noise? 
of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews. And they understood that the ark of the Lord was back where it was supposed to be. When the presence of God is back here and the shout of victory is here, there hadn't been a battle yet. You hadn't gone out and fought yet. But you just start shouting. You just start lifting your voice. And the enemy says, hold on, what's that? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I, I hear greater life getting crazy. I hear greater life shouting. and I haven't heard that in a long time. I, I know what that means. That means God is back in business. That means God is doing something great and miraculous. Psalms 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Would you do that right now? Would you clap your hands? Come on, would you lift your voice with the voice of triumph? With the voice of victory? Come on, we need a win tonight. Somebody needs a victory tonight. Woo! Come on, the enemy hears it. The enemy hears it. He Let's all stand all over this house tonight. There's a reason God said to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Maybe you haven't won yet. That's all right. You still shout with the voice of triumph. We haven't seen victory yet. That's okay. You still shout with the voice of triumph. Second Kings 7 said there were four leprous men. And they're sitting there and they said, you know what, we better get up or we're going to die here so we might as well just go and see what happens. And the Bible says in 2 Kings 7 and verse 6 that when they got there, the place was empty. The tents were empty. Everything was left. All the spoils, everything they needed was there. The Bible says, for the Lord, the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. The enemy thought they were about to be completely overtaken, not by one army, but by two. They said, both of these groups have come against us. That's how loud this sound was. Were there horses? Were there chariots? Or was it just a noise? I don't know. But all I know is everybody there, every enemy, fled for their life. And the enemy 
ran as fast as they could that when those leprous men got there they got to enjoy all of the spoils and take it and hide it and they went back for more and hid it again and that's what God is wanting for somebody that you can just keep coming and getting more and more and more of what you need tonight I don't want to just appear like I know what I'm doing the battle isn't coming the battle is here it's here this is the day of battle I'm not talking about this Sunday I'm talking about the hour in which we are living in and I don't know about you but I need victory I need a W in my life I'm not talking about you getting a sword and you just start swinging and chopping down everything that comes your way but hear me there's a war raging right now and taking place And I cannot afford to turn back in the day of battle. It doesn't matter how many bows we have in our arsenal. It doesn't matter how many arrows you've got. It doesn't matter how many prayers you've prayed or how faithful you've been. How many times you've shown up to the house of God and lifted your voice. If you've done all of that and you got to this point at the day of the battle and you turn back and you walk away, then you, my friend, take another L and you forfeit a loss that could be yours. This is devastating that they had everything they needed for victory. They had everything they needed to see God do a work in their midst. But they turned back in the day of battle. I'm telling you what I want right now in the Holy Ghost. I want all of our men to come up to this altar. Ladies, you can join them in a minute, but right now I want all of the men. If you're a young boy, if you're a teenager, I want you up here. All of the men, all of the young men, I want you to come up here right now because you have been equipped for such a time as this. And the men of this hour need to stand up and need to be present and quit letting the world desensitize you and demean you and tell you your voice is not important and tell you you're not of any value and and there's other things and other people that can take your place now. But in the day of battle, we don't dare send our ladies out to fight for us. In the day of battle, we don't dare ask all of these ladies to go out with bows and arrows trying to fight for your family. And they're taking hits and they're being hurt and they're being cut because there were men that turned around in the day of battle. But tonight, like a war cry, I want our men right now not to make noise but to lift your voice with the voice of triumph come on men come on men come on men let the enemy hear you let the enemy hear you right now shout Shout with the voice of triumph. Come on. I've heard you get more excited about a basketball game. Shout. Shout for your family. 
Shout for your children. Shout for your spouse. Come on, come on, let us hear you. Shout unto God, oh Lord, we Yes, I need a victory. My family needs a victory. Come on, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Don't turn back now. Don't turn back now. Come on, find somebody around you. Come on, link arms right now. Come on. We're going to win together. We're going to war together. We're going to fight together. Come on, link up with somebody. Come on, link up with somebody. Shout for your family.